Hello, everyone. We welcome you to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast, this time with your hosts, Bernhard Gunther and my wife, Laura Matsu. And the topic we want to dive into in this show is about healing the father wound and developing the healthy masculine principle. And this is a big topic, which is also we see reflected in the world, a lot of confusion and whatnot. So looking forward to discuss it. But before we dive deeper into it, we have a little announcement to make. Yeah, so we're going to be running another round of our private group coaching program called Embodied Soul Awakening. And this program is really for anyone who feels overwhelmed by the current changes happening in the world and really feels the need to make deeper changes within themselves and their own lives. So these people are ready to really engage in this process of holistic self-work, um, which we include the somatic, the emotional, the psychological, the spiritual, and the esoteric to really align with their own specific soul mission that they have during this time of transition. So we really do this by providing tools for both inner work, which is understanding yourself, as well as outer work, and which is understanding the larger cosmic forces of, in the world. And it's really for people who are ready to commit to growth and make massive changes in their lives. So we really want to give people all the tools that we have in order to navigate these times at an internal level and an external level so they can really be living the life that their soul really desires. And so the details are, um, we're going to be doing this from May 3rd to July 13th this year. It's by application only. And um, if you want to apply, the website is awakenapply.com. It is also on Bernhard's website, Veil of Reality, under um, courses. So if you feel the call to work with us, if you've been really enjoying the podcast, getting a lot out of it, and you want to really work more seriously and sincerely in a group container, we welcome you to join us. Great. Yeah. And I also just wanted to add to that that this is the fourth time we're doing this course. We have gotten a lot of emails and messages from people asking us to do this course again. Um, all the other three ones have filled up quite quickly and it's really work we need to engage in in this day and age altogether. And also we have extended the course. Usually it was eight weeks, but it is going to be a 10-week course now. Again, limited to 25 people and by application only. And you can apply at awakenapply.com, as Laura just mentioned, or just go to my website, veilofreality.com, and look under courses. And just one more thing, because we got this question before. This is an online group coaching program, so you can mm. be anywhere in the world and apply. So it doesn't matter where you live. You can still find a way to work with us and connect with our community. Exactly. Excellent. So moving on to the topic of our show, healing the father wound and developing healthy the healthy masculine principle well the first question we need to explore with this topic is what is the father wound yeah i think um i mean it's interesting because my view has shifted a lot on this over the past few months i have to say and i just want to preface this by saying that we're both figuring it out i think this is something that's calling a lot of our attention lately because, you know, my former perspective, um, and I think people who follow me on Facebook have heard about this journey is, you know, basically blaming the patriarchy for everything and all the bad things that have happened in the world are due to the patriarchy. You know, it was just a few, which I'm very far from now, for the record. 
you know, but I don't feel like this healthy masculine archetype is really present on the planet. And if we do have it present, there isn't a lot of positive role mo- models in this in this arena. So, I mean, to me, like a healthy father is someone who, you know, has this ability to contain energy, is very self-responsible, is like kind of like a wise figure in our lives. And I think that even in the spiritual community, we're missing this archetype. You see it rising. You definitely see these kinds of like men's movements and and whatnot. Um, but it's almost like it been an imbalance in many parts of the world. You see the far left, which is kind of a manifestation of this tyrannical mother, which we'll get into more detail later. And, you know, the far right, which is more like like the tyrannical father, you know. So I think we need to basically find somewhere in between that. Um, but just on a basic level, you know, the fatherless world, I know very few people who had a healthy father. Like, it's a very rare thing. I've seen way more people who had a healthy mother and a healthy positive feminine influence in their life than a healthy masculine influence. It's almost like a unicorn that exists, you know? Yeah. And you can tell, you can, I, I like, honestly, on an energetic level, I can tell when someone had a healthy father because they seem to be better self-actualized, actually. Yeah. Self-actualized and individualized. Yes. And also being able to stand up for themselves, for others, you know, the, mm-hmm. the archetypal protective nature. The positive of, aspect of self-esteem, too. Exactly. The positive and a healthy self-confidence, healthy self-esteem, knowing yourself, right? Yeah. Being able to make boundaries. Yeah. And being able to stand up against injustice and... Um, you know, the anti-divine forces, which ties into what's happening in the world right now. And you said something interesting that has become very imbalanced because in the spiritual quote-unquote community or especially in the new age, the new cage, which we all took the pill maybe, or at least I did many years ago at some point, there's the over-focus, very much focus on the divine feminine, you know, the divine mother mm-hmm. uh, and all of that. And, and the emotions. And the emotions and... feel like you, what you're doing and all of that, just follow your feelings and 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 all that, you know, connected to Mother Earth. And all this is great and needs to be done absolutely. But as you mentioned, there seems to be some sort of imbalance and almost like a negative view of the masculine, where even in this day and age, uh, they talk about toxic masculinity, where actually that it's actually healthy masculinity of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Yes, exactly. Right? That's exactly. what's happening. Yeah, And, you know blaming the patriarchy for everything and then the rise of feminism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On, the, on the political spectrum but you know it's it's important you know for all of us and especially for men yeah get in touch with the feelings and whatnot but it has gotten into a quite an extreme you know that it turned into like the typical new age sensitive guy the oversensitive <laughs> sensitivity. yeah or even you know like with women like there's also such a thing as getting trapped too much in your feelings and not incorporating logic and reason you know mm-hmm. and that's why you that's that's a perfect storm for the new age is like oh it resonates it doesn't resonate oh let me feel into it it's like no sometimes you just got to act in spite of how you feel that's a kind of healthy masculine principle that's a, and that's a good point too and on that note you know, that has been, I mean, I've written a whole article about that. The idea of like resonating or intuition has been so distorted. Yes. You know, we talked about this. We go, this actually also in our Embodied Soul Awakening course, we go deeper into the whole aspect resonance and intuition because we can mistake all kinds of things for intuition, which are not intuition. Yes. And even people, there's a saying, you know, when you come across a teaching like the New Age saying in the sense of, you know, take what resonates and leave the rest. Yes. But if you... <laughs> 
you, your feelings can deceive you. You cannot trust all your feelings. And you can literally resonate with lies because of your own bias, unconscious bias, unconscious, you know, preferences, wounds and traumas, which, you know, inform or almost pollute your quote-unquote resonance. So mm -hmm. you cannot always trust resonance. Oh, for sure, yeah. You have to have really a high level of being or um, also self-awareness, understanding, knowing your biases, uh, um, you know, and projections and all of that uh, because I can see myself back in my 20s in my new age phase I was resonating with this teaching and that teaching mm -hmm. and it turned out complete lies it was just based on wishful thinking because mm. it made me feel good yeah right and then what people end up leaving in whatever it is they're looking at may be exactly the piece that they need in order to develop which may be the difficult truth or difficult pill that they need to swallow yeah. which is why the last time we had the program I was like I told people, because we have a, like, this is like a crazy download in this program because it condenses both of our work into one. Yeah. So there's a lot of material there. And so people can sometimes get, uh, you know, they can just feel like it's like, oh, wow, there's so much to learn. So I gave people a guide, uh, guidance to either look at what um, you're really drawn to and passionate about or what triggers you or what you're trying to avoid. And that's a good cue because that's 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 the opposite of resonance. Like if you just follow resonance and what you're going to end up most likely following is like the patterns that have already existed within yeah. you. And so I think staying that, in the comfort zone. Exactly, so exactly, exactly. And resonant is like, what is what is that? You know, like yeah. it's like, okay, you resonate with something you don't. It means that it matches something within you. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's good or bad. It just means that it's already matching something that's already held within you. That's what I see it as. You and know? it also ties into the new age fallacy. Just think with your heart. You yes. know what I mean? Like cutting, you know, turning off the mind. And that's that's the irony too. There's almost a paradox because yes, we can fall into analysis paralysis. Logic has its limitations. Yeah. And we need to get more conscious into our bodies. Mm -hmm. But it's not about dismissing the mind. It's not yes. about dismissing logic. It's about learning how to use your mind. And that's also the Exactly. Uh, the the masculine principle yeah. of of reason of logic understanding logical fallacies the trivium yeah. grammar logic rhetoric and all of that so to yeah. discern information on a basic um, logical rational level yeah. which in the political spectrum right now on the on the far left it's all about just feelings it's just facts don't matter right yes, and then you have yeah. the the saying on 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 the, on the other spectrum that facts don't care for you of, of uh, about your feelings which is true yeah and then that's kind of like this tyrannical mother who cuz you see on the left they're like always using this excuse of uh kindness and compassion And that's why they're doing this. It's almost like over, it's it's kind of like, I forget the term, but like people who like over parent their kids and try and like protect them from anything bad ever happening, you know, yeah. that kind of mindset. And Jordan Peterson actually had this quote where he said that, you know, uh, kindness and compassion is the excuse that the left often makes when they want to control what people think and say. Mm -hmm. And that's super true. Like that's what they tend to do is they tend to manipulate this idea of kindness and compassion And, you know, he actually made a good point in one of his talks is that it's not always the time. Like if you want to start to solve these real world issues that we have, doing it from a place of kindness and compassion may not actually give you the result you're looking for as well. So yeah. there is a time for compassion. And then there's also a time for action and whatever else needs to arise. So that's, is, that's kind of the shadow of the left that they think, oh, just be, be, be our version of kind, be our version of compassionate. Because by the way, personally, I don't agree with their definition of this, what they're doing is kind or compassionate. But 
that's not always appropriate. It's interesting that it reminds me when you talk about compassion, first of all, you know, which we also, by the way, explore in our course, the, the yin and yang of compassion. And especially understanding the yang aspect of compassion, which also includes making necessary boundaries. That's mm -hmm. an act of compassion, yes. right? Self-compassion. And also, uh, that does remind me, I'm just, I've been rereading a book recently by A.H. Almas of The Diamond Approach. It's really good. Um, I, I really like his work. It's almost like a, uh, he condenses Gurdjieff's fourth-way teachings very well, or at least he's very influenced by it. But here, there's a chapter about truth and compassion. Mm. You know, that you have to have compassion in order to see truth or convey truth, but it does, truth does necessarily... Um, conform as you like it to be or with your feelings mm -hmm. you know so you have to have certain compassion to handle truth because truth will also tell you things you do not like to hear whatever the i is you identify with yeah right that's his quote he has this great quote only when compassion is present will people allow themselves to see the truth exactly very well said that's the whole point because um even showing somebody the truth you know, of what it is, as it is, mm -hmm. even goes against all your beliefs, all your identification is an act of compassion. Yes. Right? So the left or what, you know, or in general, compassion has been, the word has been abused as a sense of just always making a person, making a person feel good, feel safe, yeah, and not, not disturb them. Right? Yeah, that's not compassion. Exactly. And that's also, you know, I think that's why a lot of people when they start their own journey kind of focus on these more feminine principles like compassion, you know, and learning how to accept themselves unconditionally because those are the conditions necessary in order to actually start to make those hard realizations about yourself, you know. It's really hard to start to call out your own lies and not have it turn into a form of like internal self-abuse without actually having that compassion present, you know. Yeah. And I think that it's actually more you know the ground you need at least i don't know i think it's different for everyone actually it really also depends i have to say on the astrology chart as well because some people you know they need to actually move more into their feeling body and then some people they actually need to move more into their you know will and actions and stuff and they actually there's a lot of people too even if you look at their astrology chart where you know a certain spiritual work maybe even not what actualizes them in this lifetime yeah so we always i think in kind of spiritual self-development communities we think that like the end goal is like spirituality meditation etc that actually could be going backwards for someone like someone who has a north node in aries for instance or something or you know even north node in capricorn as well is all about taking this sense of self-responsibility for your life yeah. and that by the way You know, Jordan Peterson, I realized he is this archetypal Saturn archetype. Like that's the father in astrology. And I looked at his astrology chart and um, he has Saturn conjunct his south node in Aquarius. Wow. Yeah. So he's like, so he's bringing oh, yeah, south node in Aquarius, south node in Aquarius, Aquarius. conjunct Saturn. So, so north node in Leo. Yeah, exactly. So he's really bringing in this Saturn archetype. And, you know, he says in many of his talks, that this masculine principle is about taking responsibility for the shaping of destiny, mm -hmm. which is very interesting because in evolutionary astrology, the 10th house Capricorn Saturn archetype is all about taking responsibility for everything that happened in your life. Yeah. And that is hard. And I mean, not even, sorry, I'm, I'm going to correct myself, not even this life, but past lifetimes as yeah. well 
if you believe in past lifetimes or not, is taking responsibility for everything. So not saying that, oh, my grandparent was oppressed, therefore I am, and I deal and and seeing yourself as a victim, but taking responsibility for your whole karmic situation. That's that's a good point. Uh, by the way, before I also talk more about Jordan Peterson, as he he's coming back big time right now. I'm so glad about it after his difficult, you know, journey dealing with his health. Um, but interestingly, uh, you can talk about it as well, because, you know, I, I remember I listened to Jordan Peterson years ago, and he literally predicted what's happening right now yeah. with, the, with the pathological left, yes. right? It's literally even, you know, I remember listening to him many years ago when he talked about, you know, um, the, the, the disease, disease of postmodernism, cultural Marxism, and, and all of that. Uh, and, you know, I didn't, you know, I I could see it back then, but I also didn't take him that serious. I thought he was a bit exaggerating, maybe, mm -hmm. you know. A lot truth, of people Truth did. to be told. Yeah. And now it is exactly happening. Yeah. You know, it is people getting canceled left and right. Yeah. Um, Parents getting their kids taken away taken for away, not wearing masks at their uh, school. For, it's you know, been happening. Or this, here, Jordan Peterson just reposted about this uh, father in Canada who was imprisoned because he was arrested or imprisoned or some sort of fine because he refused to call his daughter by her desire pronoun exactly yeah right? i mean exactly. it's, it's very disturbing um but now now he's he's coming back and i remember like you know when we first got together uh, years ago and i was listening to jordan peterson you had triggers around him right yeah but it was total it was also out of total ignorance like i only vaguely knew about him and Like this is also like my deconditioning process as well is because I was raised by a single mother who is a feminist, self-declared feminist. Right. And she played both roles, you know, of mother and father. And so like even over the past few months, like I've been watching Jordan Peterson and I've had to challenge almost every single thing that I've ever believed because I've also I'm like multi-generational leftist you know like even there's social justice warrior themes woven into my ancestry you know and so it's and 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 looking at it also um and also watching myself to, so that I don't swing to the other side of the pendulum as well you know because I can see that kind of being a backlash when you go to when you go really far left and then just wanting to go like far right basically yeah. but it really challenging and being like you know because this is also about a values thing which I also think is related to the masculine it's like okay like what what do I actually believe and why do I believe that and where did I get it from and is that something that actually aligns with my values now so every time i listen to jordan peterson talk i realize that it's like a confrontation of everything that i've been taught to believe is true for the most part i actually think he's actually more moderate than people make him out to be they make very him out to be moderate, yeah. they make him out to be like a far right neo-nazi but he's not at all he's actually very moderate same about with Gal, Gal, what's his name his friend called god said god yeah. said i like him i mean he's he's the master master troll of 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 sarcasm and you if you follow him on twitter um but i wanted to on that note because I absolutely agree, Jordan Peterson, he's very like moderate, he's not far right. And this this is a whole topic on its own, but how this whole idea of left versus right, far left versus far right has been completely distorted. And I posted about this um, a few months ago before I got put into Facebook jail, <laughs> mm. but there was a great graphics. I'm, maybe I've mentioned it in a, at the podcast before. Oh, about the the, the right moving. Even, exactly. Yeah, so, to, so the right, yeah. What, what people it. understand far right on a political spectrum doesn't mean racist white supremacist. 
the further you are right on the political spectrum, the less government control. Right, you have libertarianism. You have at the ultimate right, you have anarchism, like no government, no rulers. Mm -hmm. The more left you go on this political spectrum, the more government, mm -hmm. right? The more social Socialist, control, yeah. socialism, communism. So that's it. And what has happened now over the past few years, or building up, that there's no true center. The center is already very left. Yes. Right. So even the Democrats and liberals have become now super far left. They are no true. The Republicans are men. actually now left, and the Republicans are actually more like moderate, almost a bit left. The you know, uh, general Republicans, yeah, right? Yeah. And then obviously through the media propaganda and all of that, anybody who you know challenges the status quo right now, what's happening in the world, is being painted as a white supremacist, far right winger, racist. Yeah. You know that's that's the um, that's the narrative we're being uh, conditioned with yeah. as people take on mindlessly you know even yeah. just for example just a recent example real quick that guy who killed um the, the yeah the, so, the, so the, the asian woman yeah you know, so there in the was massage a, parlor or yeah whatnot, in, in right? nashville the, exactly the, which he even said was his own sex addiction whatever like because he was a you know customer there this 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 parlor and obviously, right away, uh, without surprise, the media paints it as a white supremacist who hates Asians. So uh -huh. now they have the whole Asian thing going on. Right? Yes, yeah. I mean, just that, I just wanted to put this uh, out there on the side note, that this whole left versus right uh, spectrum on, on a political level has been extremely distorted and it's being used now for social engineering yeah and and the and what's the reason that jordan peterson triggered the left so bad is because he literally represents the opposite of what they represent in a sense you yeah. know because it's all about as i said before this like archetype of the tyrannical mother like everyone is fair everyone gets the same you're not allowed to say anything that never hurts anyone you know it's really overprotective actually you yeah. know and so when then jordan peterson comes and he's like no take responsibility for your life clean your room get your shit together you know yeah. i could have actually when i was watching it and i kind of mirrored it back to you i was like i didn't have anyone like this in my life my mother played that role but to be honest, when the mother has to play that role, it actually comes at the cost of the nurturing role that you hope to get from the yeah. mother. So. Now, here, here's the irony when you talk about these, these, this feminism, all of that. That's actually hardcore feminists are not are actually exemplifying also the not only toxic feminine but even the toxic masculine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's the irony. Like feminists are very much removed from their let's let's use the word from their divine femininity. Mm -hmm. From their body. From their bodies. From from, you know? from, from their desires. From their you know? able to, ability to communicate. I also think the feminine is also naturally submissive. Yeah. They've moved into a more dominant version of that. So you're right. It, it has. But a toxic version of dominant. Yeah, right? and based I think, on a wound, based ironically again on an unconscious father wound. Yeah, and I think that's all like you know. I think that the the goal for us to just become more hum whole human beings is to look at both the feminine manifestation in our life and see where it is on the spectrum, whether it's a healthy manifestation, meaning it's contributing to the harmony of our relationships with ourselves and others. I think that's the goal, right? 
And then the masculine principle is it contributing to our, you know, self-esteem and our self-actualization and our ability to take responsibility for the role that we have in the world. And so, you know, this means also moving out of this. I mean, I think it was God Said actually who invented this term, but he called it the oppression Olympics. And so that's, what, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. That's what it is. So meaning like, you know, the more boxes that you can check off as a victim, the more power you should get under this cultural Marxist ideology, which is all about, you know, disseminating power to people who ha- they feel don't have enough power in society. Um, so that's kind of what, what's going on is this worship of the victim. And I even see it astrologically because we're at the end of the Pisces Virgo age, you know, and then Pisces and Virgo both kind of share this like martyrdom complex as well. So you see the shadow side of these archetypes even playing out through the ages, you know, and I realized too, I mean, I've been called like a white supremacist so many times for speaking out on this, which is hilarious to me because I spent like a large part of my healing journey unpacking experiences that I had of racism. And I mean, real racism, not just someone disagreeing with you, but like people who felt that I was the scum of the earth because I wasn't, I looked different to them. So I know the difference personally. Um, but I had to actually go through a lot of healing work. I did family constellation therapy, self-work, all sorts of different things like unpacking, at least in this lifetime, this imprint that I had that something was bad or wrong with me because I looked different to my peers and where I grew up with, you know? And then, so I was working on that and I was working on these experiences of like identifying myself as a victim. And I did that, I have to say, because I didn't want to take responsibility for my life. And I had a big burden to carry, like lots of trauma. Neither parent was there for me. I was like an orphan sent off in the wilderness to raise myself, you know? And I had zero, you know, positive guidance in my life for a really long period. So I had a really big weight to carry and it was a big thing to take responsibility for. You know, it was really, and it was hard. I had to really put on blinkers and really just focus on my life. I actually had to avoid my feelings for a while in order to get get by in life. And so that's the positive masculine principle is like, which I mentioned earlier is you some there's a time for feeling and there's a time for emotional processing and then there's also a time when you got to you just got to put your feelings aside and you got to go and do something that's very important that's the, also the times we're in right now it ties into we've, we've mentioned it many times before it's a time to be anti-fragile so it's important to process and all of that but you can get easily lost in this whole process if you don't yes. you know incorporate the the healthy masculine principle and even you know, what, what just came to me as you were sharing, in order to engage in deeper, as a, even psychosomatic, psychological, or even esoteric spiritual work, you need to embody the healthy masculine, which entails just taking full self-responsibility. Yeah, That's a whole f- uh, prerequisite to engage in any sincere self-work, taking self-responsibility for everything you feel, for everything in your life. That doesn't mean <laughs> to then blame yourself. That's in the toxic feminine aspect comes in within yourself and you start blaming yourself for everything right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's not true either but the healthy masculine even for jordan peterson on the basis comes down you take self-responsibility and we see this is completely distorted on the left or the the toxic feminine is like is just wallowing in this victim stance Mm -hmm. and blaming everybody else and then Mm -hmm. you have laws made about it so you can't offend anybody anymore or cancel this cancel that dr seuss and what and not and it's completely 
pathological distorted because at the same time we watched the you know you saw i haven't seen the grand cardi b cardi yeah. b like engaging in like yeah she was like uh, you know humping on a bed you know, half naked half, you, know, you know and that's woman's liberation that's liberation <laughs> like where you know that kind of quote-unquote sexuality is being normalized as pathology normalized yeah right yeah. as an empowerment it's, it's 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 not empowering it's actually the how do you call it the opposite disempowering disempowering or de depreciating um i forgot the word yeah women but what it really comes down to is taking responsibility standing up for yourself and individualizing yourself that's really the healthy masculine principle yeah you know and many i've also worked with many people many men and many people didn't have a healthy father role yeah. you know in it's, this day it's, it's honestly extremely rare that's like when i a, find someone who had a healthy father i'm like whoa like wow what's that yeah, like it's, it's you know <laughs> same can, can, can be for the mother but especially a healthy father role because you know Especially in this day and age with divorce, so many single mom raising raising their children, you yeah. know. And then the state is also anti men, mm -hmm. anti father. Yes. You know, when you get a divorce or somewhere like in California or whatever, mm -hmm. the state not naturally always aligns more with the mom, you know. And yeah. I've I've known some some I've known some good men who have been in legal battles trying to get their you know just to see their children, and the state, you know, socialist left automatically aligns just with the mother yeah right? which brings to so the important men point. have a harder time really like to even see their children when they're divorced and whatnot and yeah it's from case to case different but there's definitely that tendency yeah that's what happened with me too exactly and then what happens is the state actually takes the role of the father which is exactly. that's what gets dangerous yeah. it's like yeah. the government is government big father. daddy right exactly. big brother big daddy but that's you know and then we can also tie this obviously into the infamous tds trump trump derangement syndrome mm. and john paul rice and david whitehead and myself we talked about in the last podcast all anybody is triggered about trump and projects and thinks he's the next hitler nazi whatever all this nonsense the media has lies bullshit literally the media has conditioned the people with is based on the father wound unconscious yeah. father wound they project onto him right yeah. so they have a distorted relationship to their own uh, um, masculine in a masculine principle yeah and then you see that on the far left like antifa most fatherless group ever you yes. know because the father would go in and be like what the hell are you guys doing get off the street <laughs> yes. like go get a job etc you know and yeah. that's also you like i like when i was watching jordan peterson i was like wow like if i if i and and because i had that influence in my life through my own mother which ties into this kind of you know how the left is trying to flip these traditional gender roles and women can do anything that men do and men need to step down and let women rise into their power and like that's all like fine and good but um you know it's 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 also just not for everyone like if you're a more masculine dominated person by nature maybe you want to do similar things that men traditionally do but for me too i had this kind of like almost like interesting like awakening in a relationship where i realized like i really like taking care of the home i'm like a cancer moon cancer sun and i'm a woman i really like cooking and doing all these traditionally feminine things and i never really got that from my feminist mother i actually got that from my grandparents who were mm -hmm. more traditional um in that sense because it was just also the 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 ages as well but i can also see that because the left has tried to really like flip gender roles actually the most rebellious thing you can do now is to like 
get married, have a family. Yes, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, like yeah. being a stay-at-home mom actually is an act of rebellion in this age, yeah. basically. You know, I want to also tie this into, you know, the process of embodiment. That's something I've written about a lot in um, in my work. I had a webinar on this topic. And this is something also we exp will be exploring in depth in our 10-week online course. Um, which uh, which is really about also the alchemical marriage of the inner male and female. And yeah. that's really what it comes down to. And you can also associate kind of like the head-centric living is the male aspect of consciousness and the body or the gut, you know, is, uh, you know, the, is the feminine aspect level of being. It's, it's being and doing, you know, like being feminine aspect, doing action, the, the masculine principle. And both needs to work harmoniously, right? It can go both ways. Sometimes we can get stuck overriding in the male aspect of overthinking, analyzing, overdoing, disconnected from the body, disconnected from being, mm -hmm. right? But then the other way around, you can just overly emotionally disconnected from, you know, um, action from action basically or consciously informed action and just go along and just not take responsibility and all of that just being too much in a passive passive state basically yeah. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's about really the alchemical marriage of the inner male and female yeah. to bring those two together and not either or right that's the whole point yeah. and i can see as we mentioned before extremes on both sides right there's certain men definitely the the macho type man you know and mm -hmm. and and uh, very externalized, trying to fill his own insecurity through cars, women, and whatnot, and showing off, mm -hmm. right? Or aggression, aggression, and all of that. So yeah. the, you know, and then the other extreme is the 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 new age soy boy, so to speak, <laughs> new yeah. age sensitive guy, you know, yeah. who has no boundaries, is cannot stand up for himself, and doesn't avoids even conflict, and tends and, to also not self actualize. You know, right. like they like you see this all over the place in like Bali and Thailand. No offense if you live there, but like guys who just avoid actually just taking responsibility for their life and pr playing some role in society because they're caught up in these like new age circles where they're always just, yeah. you know, in the feminine too. Yeah. But I think what's important to point out, as you said, and that's that's where astrology really comes in, especially evolutionary astrology, which by the way, we also will be exploring in depth in the course. Because what I've learned the most from astrology, especially with your help, it's, you know, which goes way more, evolutionary astrology is more really a deeper esoteric approach to astrology, not the cookbook astrology we see in the mainstream and whatnot. Yeah, right? it's just, it's, it's a real depth astrology and we're in the sense that you're working with outer planets which are more transpersonal forces exactly actually. so based on that and then also with the inner uh, planets as well in combination but what's so you what so profound uh, insight for me with regards to knowing your chart and and or even other people means that everybody's such a unique individual mm -hmm. in your placements mm -hmm. for example i can take myself also like i've also moon cancer Right, rising cancer and all of that. So I've been, I have an extreme sensitive nature yeah. myself, very psychic as well. I've played, you know, moon in the twelfth house and all of that. So I know for myself, I've been also being more passive in the feminine. I needed to consciously activate my masculine side. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's what I need to move to. I remember even like one of one of them, I told you this the other day when I first went to see a psychic in my twenties and whatnot. She even told me that I need to activate more my masculine side. I was a vegan vegetarian back then. She said mm. like, you need to eat, eat red meat. You need to get more testosterone. You need to activate this masculine mm -hmm. side, which is was so true. I was more passive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even was reflected in my relationships. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I was not really embodying 
the masculine principle. Yeah. And then on the flip side, although I have Mars and Aries, right? So that's the warrior. Very masculine in the 10th house. So, you know, I can stand up for myself, but I had to really consciously step more into my masculinity as well, right? Which, based on my own father one, which I can share a bit later uh, as well. Uh, But I would just want to say, like you mentioned, like the process is just, it's such an individual process. So there are, we yeah. can talk about general aspects of the healthy masculine principle and all of that, even the feminine principle. Yeah. But how it's manifest and where people need to work on what they need to get into is a highly individual uh, process. Yeah, and there's a time and place. You know, I think that we switch between a masculine mode and a feminine mode. For me, I just realized that my default is actually especially since the amount of like meditation and inner work I do, like my default is actually to be in my feeling body. But when I need to learn something and when I need to focus, I need to consciously activate that masculine quality and actually get a little bit out of my feelings. Because otherwise, you know, for instance, like if I were watching, if I were to watch Jordan Peterson and he's saying all sorts of things that confront my pre-existing belief systems, I need to be in my mind and focused. I can't just be in my feeling body processing or else I'm not going to learn anything, you know? So there's a time and place for us to switch into masculine yeah. and feminine. And I think all good relationships are like this really nice dance between masculine and feminine between the partners. And I think to each their own, I see in the spiritual community, there's more kind of this like kind of swing of the pendulum more into traditional gender roles, which I can appreciate, especially since the the gender roles have been trying to get like flipped in, in, in a way that I don't think is really helping women as well. But at the same time, it's such an individual process, you know, like if you have like the ascendant, for instance, rules the chart. So if you have a water ascendant or, you know, even uh, they also say the earth, um, the earth signs as well are feminine, which I I mean, is is interesting because then it makes Capricorn a feminine sign, which I'm not sure (laughs) because Capricorn represents Saturn, represents the father archetype. but. What I'm saying is that, you know, we we each have our own individual tendencies. And I think we're always going to be a mixture of both, you know, and we have to be able to have healthy relationships to both. And I see especially in like the spiritual community, like, and I see it actually show up oddly when like people apply to our course, you know, because the reason we have an application process, because this is like really deep profound work and it goes into a lot of core issues of people um and so we need you to have the right foundation in order to do that you know and there's some people too who it's like okay like actually you would be better served by like finding a place to live getting a stable job that could be your spiritual work and that's that masculine principle right so sometimes like people want to get more and more into self-work and it's like but your life isn't you're not able to provide for yourself you're not taking responsibility for the basic foundation of your life and I think that's what's really missing and is really important for some people at a certain stage. Yeah, that that's very important. That, that's also where the healthy masculine principle comes in. In light of esoteric work, self-work, as we mentioned, it's so important this day and age, and people want to engage in it. But if you look at the uh, you know the great work throughout the ages, the esoteric teachers, the masters, they wouldn't take on students. Gurdjieff is a good example who don't have their basic life necessities in order. Yeah, <laughs> like. Who like probably as as Jordan Peterson said, who are not don't take responsibility and don't clean the rooms basically, or don't <laughs> or don't have a basic job to cover the necessities. You know, mm-hmm. like Gurdjieff always said, you have to in his language, he said you have to good uh, be a good obivatal, a good worker, 
right already to take care of be able to care yeah. of yourself before diving deeper into um, spiritual esoteric work yeah right otherwise um, you just engage in, in bypassing because all these are lessons so we also need to learn lessons on the basic physical level yeah yeah, right? yeah and yeah. i know for myself if i don't have my physical uh, foundation i cannot go deeper into uh, emotional psychological process and let alone esoteric spiritual work or deal with all these topics i'm talking about yeah. i need to have that physical foundation if i don't have that that's what i need to work on first and foremost yeah and many ancient masters would not accept students unless they have that foundation which relates to the basic you know uh, masculine principle of being able to take care of yourself yeah, that's what Shangyan Trumpa said when uh, I'm sure some people know the whole story, but he actually went through this whole drama with the Tibetan Buddhist community because he wanted to actually bring Buddhism to the West. And he actually, I remember reading in a book, he actually said, no, because the West is so comfortable and because they have their basic needs taken care of, they're in the right place to, to, to mm -hmm. practice these teachings, whereas Tibetans, for instance, are often very poor and struggling to survive and it's hard for them to engage in the teachings in a profound way and he actually saw that as a perfect um you know the perfect starting point and this doesn't mean you know because it i think it also it's a survival issue as well i know for myself i was actually traveling and doing spiritual work when i you know i i was also kind of building my purpose but i but i was doing it with an intention meaning like i was the reason I was moving and traveling and exploring a lot, I went to India and Peru for a while, you know, and moving around in the forest for quite a long period as well, is because I was trying to figure out my own life path, you know, and I actually saw it as being kind of like a student of life and like, okay, I'm going to do this for the next few years. Instead of going into university, I'm going to figure out what I want to do with this path that I'm already started on. So I think there can be it with a purpose, but if you have... um you know, if you basically are struggling to make ends meet and survive, that needs to be taken care of or other, otherwise you're always going to be in some sort of survival mode, you know. So it's important because in order for the psyche to open up to deeper dimensions, I feel like the survival instinct on a basic 3D level needs to be taken care of. And that's the importance of taking responsibility. Like I can even share for myself is that you know, after 2012, when I had this really intense, like, you know, dark night of the soul slash awakening experience, I had to really just put my feelings aside for a period and just get my physical health in order. And my also physical health meant getting a job, you know, being able to provide for myself, you know, getting my body back in order. And so there's a necessary, you know, that's also the, there's it, kind of like a healthy function to Saturn that I see in Jordan Peterson as well, is there's a period where actually suppressing your feelings a little bit might be useful in order yeah. for you to actualize. And that means you have to always suppress them, but until you've actualized to the point where you can explore them deeper, then you need to put it yeah, aside. Yeah, suppressing that in a sense in avoidance and denying, but you know, being anti-fragile, just pushing, sometimes you need to push, push through, through, especially in this yeah. day and age. We're in the times of war right now. Yeah. Right now, also feel, you know, bringing it, looking into practical application of the masculine principle right now, what you could do, it doesn't matter if you're man or woman, is to stand up for uh, for uh, freedom and for our rights, you know, mm -hmm. or for for truth, basically, what's happening, you yeah. know? Like, I feel right, I mean, I even wrote this, uh, I posted something a year ago about, like, real men don't wear masks. <laughs> Somebody wrote a, a great poem and that definitely got backflashes for that, but it's true, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, this is this whole masking, all of that. You know, there were amazing protests, by the way, over the last week, uh, all over the world and that's also the healthy masculine principle 
right? Yeah. To stand up for truth. Like, no, we're not mandatory vaccinations. Are you kidding me? You know, this is not going to happen with an experimental vaccine based on a quote-unquote pandemic with a 99.97 survival rate to begin with. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. There's something else going on in the whole, you know, masking and all of that. So this is where we stand up, standing up uh, for, uh, you know, for truth. That's a healthy masculine principle, yeah. right? And it's interesting. I had uh, the other day, I met up with a good friend who I will ha also have on the podcast soon. He has a project going on, The Renaissance of Man about bringing back the, you know, uh, the, the masculine principle, the healthy masculine. And we talked, we've seen this as well. There's a lot of relationships breaking up, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. because of people like, you know, especially within relationships and couples, one partner is kind of very much um, taken in by the official narrative and going along with it. And one person's waking up. Yeah. And I've seen what he shared with me was that he's seen a lot of women separating from their male partner or divorcing because he's, they don't see him, they cannot trust him as a man. He's not standing up to what's what's going on in the world, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So women need, like, it's not about that women need a man to do for them, but it's it's about the healthy masculine principle to stand up yeah. for truth, for, yeah. against the anti-divine forces right now. Yeah. And a lot of men are being demasculated by the socialist left. And then I right. would also say that it's very possible that those women in some instances were demasculating their partner for some period and they cre also created those conditions. That's a good, I mean, it's always, it takes two, it takes two to tango, <laughs> exactly. right? So yeah, yeah. That's right. But what I'm saying is like, you know, because the masculine principle obviously also goes beyond male or female gender, but still, you know, there's fundamental difference between man and a woman from a biological level and on that note uh, all these these gender um different genders now coming up this whole gender uh, identity politics and all of this it's just distortions of 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 the feminine and masculine principle that's mm -hmm. what it comes down to when you look at hermeticism one of the hermetic laws um principles divine laws absolute laws is the principle of gender as mm -hmm. masculine and feminine that's it like in biology mm -hmm. and i feel a lot of people who are dealing with um uh, gender dysphoria. dysphoria so to speak or confusion there's an internal wound to to be looked at there's something else happening yeah. which relates to even the father wound or other trauma and wounds and and then it becomes externalized so to yes. speak and then trying to uh work on the on the symptom rather than the cause and then also you know obviously this is a case-by-case -case basis and there's many dimensions to it and i think it's also become you know, there's being transgender is the new goth, which is a new emo or whatever. Right. It's become a cultural thing. But then Jeffrey Wolf Green mentioned in evolutionary astrology how he saw certain patterns where someone incarnated, they, they were basically, there's certain patterns you can see in the astrology chart, which can show you even the gender in a past life. And then the person got very attached to that gender in the past life and then felt they needed mm -hmm. to re-become that gender in this life as well. So there's like yeah. multi Multi-dimensional. I mean, it ties but, into but a cult thing forces. Is, but, they, but the issue with that is, and like, it's like, if people want to do whatever they want with their lives, I completely support it. But it's about, you know, where do we draw the line there? And for me, drawing the line is like, I personally don't think that a child who can't even, you know, drive yet or make decisions for themselves is 
should be deciding their gender. Like it's a very That's confusing no. time, you know? So we, this is also the far left. It's like, okay, if some, if, if your kid at three years old says it's a specific gender, you need to affirm them. Again, it's missing out that healthy masculine principle, which is like, no, we need some certain boundaries. We need some certain structure around that's stru- it. Yeah, that's it's a not just masculine. anything yeah. goes, you know? And then even that Saturn archetype, like, you know, I forget who said this, but I heard something interesting is that, you know, this, like from early childhood up until our first Saturn return, we're actually kind of replaying the karmic imprint of the past. We don't make decisions for ourselves. I never made decisions where to go to school or whatever, you know, that's a healthy function for this Saturn, this father archetype to be making these decisions for ourselves. Maybe they're not the right decisions. Maybe we later realize that, you know, but we still need to actually have someone you know, as especially as children, help us make decisions. That's that's a very good point. As you show, this comes of me and my uh, reflecting back into my romantic revolutionary anarchist days. You know, like listen to Rage Against the Machine and whatnot, or um, and then fuck the system and all of that with my middle finger. And I'm not, I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> that chorus line and uh, rejecting all kinds of authority. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in you know, and I was also even rejecting good advice from my dad. Mm. because of my knee jerk because of fuck authority you know what i mean so what you just mentioned is very interesting that there's a healthy expression of authority as well yes right it's not about like um um you know throwing out the baby with the bathwater obviously appeal to authority obviously we need to tune to our own self become responsible but healthy authority is in a sense like a teacher, like a guide, like a guru as well, or exactly. a father, right? Yeah, Who yeah. helps us, guide us, you know? And uh, discipline is needed as well, a yes. certain structure. Obviously, you can go overboard with that. Yes. It becomes very controlling, yes. right? But on the other side, is what also came to me, the far left, you know, the, who embrace Marxism, communism, socialism. That's really like, we, as we said at the beginning of this uh, episode, they make themselves more and more dependent on daddy government, Yes, Right? to give away the responsibility of, of being taken care of. It's very childish, actually. Right? Yeah, because the government has substituted the role of a real father. That's exactly. the issue. Yeah, and it's the irony, like, the left is all about destroying the family unit. Yes. And yeah. then create the government is mm-hmm. as, as a replacement for family, but, yeah, for the father, is, right? Which is also by being design. Being taken care So I would also say, I know we're reaching the end of the podcast, you know. um, The the first hour. The first hour of the podcast. So how to develop this masculine principle. So just to recap, um, it's really about self-esteem, healthy self-esteem, you know, and think about that one really long and hard because which self has the esteem like there that's the go. real that's yes. a deeper question to ask the you know yes. exactly and then also taking responsibility for everything in your life and i mean mm. everything and that's the hard pill to swallow and yeah. that's why i think i got so much backlash from the liberal leftists when i spoke out about you know because my parent my grandparents were in internment camps i really saw my japanese side of the family as victims that i had been victimized i carried that narrative for like at least like a decade or maybe 15 years really long time um and i had to take responsibility for that i had to take responsibility for every situation i got into where i was um sexually exploited or abused i had to take responsibility for that you know and so that is a that is a hard pill for some people to swallow because it's painful. It means you have to look at your part in everything. It means you have to be 
uh, humble and you have to develop humility, you know, and realize that you're not perfect. You're learning, you're making mistakes. So this is about self-responsibility and taking self-responsibility for your life. Like, don't wait for the COVID check to come in order for you to, yes, you don't know, make like, it, that's a big one. Like, can I just yeah. interject this real quick before you go on? Because yeah. this is, this is, this is how they get you also, right? The dangling carrot of universal income or the COVID check and money here and there. And then you make yourself again, dependent on, on the government and mm -hmm. by receiving that you actually engage in some sort of trap of agreement and i'm not saying not to take support and whatnot and obviously right uh people are struggling so you you get what you take what you can get but it's also time to self-actualize to take responsibility to observe yourself how you maybe even like we all condition on various levels of degrees with poverty consciousness mm -hmm. and all of that which doesn't mean obviously the government is corrupt obviously taxation is theft irs and all of that we know that But still, um, you know, look deep into yourself or there's a deep programming or wounding around it yeah. where we want to like always be taken care of by somebody else as we give our power away. And then you engage in classical um, Faustian pact with the devil. You yeah. engage in a contract. Right. Yeah, and that can and that can be hard for people. Like when I first had to learn this concept of self responsibility, I had no money. My health was in disarray because I was recovering from like oh, like fifteen years of drug abuse or more. You know, I was I was struggling. I had to take jobs I didn't want to take. I had to work really hard, even when I felt physically exhausted. I had to really push myself physically, and I had to also like taking responsibility means that you're going to do what it takes in order to provide for yourself and your life doesn't matter what it is that's yeah. that healthy father archetype you yeah. know okay like so for people who you gotta, you gotta people pay who, dues yeah exactly you really do and and you have to learn this kind of like grit and learning how to just you know take the reins of your life instead of being this passive person waiting for something to happen and that's, for you. that's also goes ties to universal law and and uh you know hermetic principles as well but it also ties into that you know i forgot the line but the idea that from an esoteric text hermetic text that there isn't such thing as a free lunch in the universe nothing yeah. is free yeah. right and that's the lie of the anti-divine forces which come through the left the communist socialist agenda yeah of like oh see this free education uh free universal income free mm -hmm, this free mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. uh, it's not free free though. health insurance it's not free yeah you not only um will the taxes be extremely high but you're selling your soul and you're getting something yeah. for nothing. So that has karmic consequences if you agree to that. That's that's from an occult level and trap of agreement, which have, yeah. will have repercussions in lifetimes to come. Yeah, right? so that concept of taking self-responsibility means that every single aspect of your life that you're not happy with, you're responsible for, and you need to work on that. It's just, And it's, it's hard for people to swallow that. I know for myself, if you would have told me that when I was a social justice warrior, I'd been like, <laughs> F you, it's the, it's the white patriarchy okay, that's, that's keeping me down, yes. you know? And that would, and that actually kept me from self-actualizing my life is identifying myself as a victim. And the moment that I started to be like, okay, I'm responsible for this, cleaning up this mess. I'm going to do everything in that case. I'm going to stop identifying myself as a victim. My life changed. And people also don't understand that like, you know, a lot of people want to be doing work and helping others and doing similar work that we're doing. We work with people like that, right? But like we work really crazy hard as well. Like, are you willing to put in these hours? Are you willing to start your work day and like answer emails yeah. when I you mean, don't even when you don't feel like doing it? Like there's a certain this is that Saturn archetype is like, okay, 
I'm going to build something of value here, you know, and yeah. that's, and that's really important. And this is that self-actualization piece. So, you know, I feel to the greater extent that you can take responsibility for your own life and figure out your own stuff. And then you become someone who can actually start taking self-responsibility for the world. So even speaking out, for instance, that's all fine and good. That's important. That's a, an aspect of taking responsibility for the world. But if people are speaking out all day on Facebook and their basics of their lives aren't taken care of, yeah. then then your self-responsibility is not complete e either. You know, it's you're just realistic. you're just speaking yeah. about stuff. Yeah. No, and, you know, I just wanted to uh, add on because we're ending the, the first, nearing the first, the end of the first hour, that also when, <coughs> bless you, that uh, if you guys, anybody wants, you know, I want to go back to what also, what you just said, you know, that's also a masculine principle. You only get as much out of it as you're able to put into it, like, yes. you know, in terms of effort. And that's one of the things we go through when we, um, the application for our course, when I have discovery calls, like I make people clear, like this is an amazing program. You have an op opportunity to work with us and we provide a lot of material based again on the fourfold approach of holistic self-work work in all level doing the inner work, but in context of the outer work. And that's very unique of our program based on my work, like really putting into context what's happening in the world right now with the end game of the matrix forces, the anti-divine forces and what's happening in light of the evolution of consciousness, time of transition, because there is an awakening, but we need to consciously engage in it. And that's also the masculine principle. Yeah. Right? There needs to be conscious doing, yeah. but it needs to be informed by the quote-unquote feminine, by being, which is your, connected to your true self and all of that. Right? But again, if you're um, interested in working with us and in enrolling in the 10-week course starting in May, go to awakenapply.com where you can fill out your application and then we'll send you more information about the course or you can learn about it more on my website, veilofreality.com as and, well. So, And can I just add something on that related to this healthy masculine principle? And if you want to join us, please act fast because I can't <laughs> tell you how many people will email me in the like the week before we start the program or a couple weeks before we start the program and we don't have any spaces left. That's yeah. happened every single time we've ran this course is people yeah. wait on it because it already is filling up. We've only made one post about it on Telegram once and it's already filling up quite quickly. So, you know, this is again that will, that action. It needs to be, you know, yeah. just... Just, yeah, sometimes that's a good point. Sometimes I can see this in myself as human, unless people like, oh, I got to feel into it, meditate into it, which can be fine and good, but yeah. it can also be like the the dark side of the feminine principle of just like wishy-washy and then Stagnancy like using even. it as a, as a bypass that I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah. And fear of making decisions. Yeah, That's another totally. one. Let's talk about this in the second hour because the yeah. healthy masculine principle is also about making decisions, you yeah. know, and not wallowing. Uh, staying in the in the state of indecision can actually open up the doorway for cult hostile forces. Tom Montag talked about this, so we get into this in the second hour. And also, we want to talk about the distortions of the masculine feminine dynamics in the neo tantra movement, very obviously. And obviously, it ties into the warrior archetype, the warrior healer, which also I t talked with about uh, with uh, John Paul Rice and David Whitehead in our last episode. So, Lauren, I want to go deeper into that. Um, as well as um, I want to share my own personal stories about um, uh, my relationship to the masculine principle and my own story and, and how what we can do to heal it and become more integrated in all of that. And anything else we want to talk about? No, that's it. That's it. And whatever comes up in the second hour. Again, the second hour only for members. If you're not a member yet, you can sign up at my website, veilofreality.com under membership. 
and you will have access to all the second hours of um, the Cosmic Matrix podcast, including the membership forum. And we also appreciate it if you sign up to support our work. If you enjoy, like our work and all the content we've been putting out in audio, video, or written form. And with that being said, see you guys in the second hour. <laughs>